2: Hello and welcome to the No and Ever podcast, I'm Jamie Smith. Joining me this week, Natalie and Liam, who you may know as Vizzy off YouTube. Just like the team, a lot of our members are on the beach at the moment. Kev and James both on holiday, so we've drafted in Liam to fill in. Um, it's going to be a slightly shorter podcast than normal, especially after last week's Mammoth Live edition. Thanks again to everyone who came to that and a quick mention as well before we get started to our charity partner Clariton Brew you can find their website at claritonbrew.org they do a lot of good work with mental health awareness uh, support group essentially for Burnley fans please do check out their website and go along to a meeting if you would find that useful um, we'll start with the Bournemouth game though Natalie last away game of the season and a familiar story again 14th away defeat of the season 14 away defeats it's incredible it's ridiculous isn't it
3: it really is but I did it was quite it was quite lucky really that we were already safe by that point and, and we'd hit uh the 40 point mark just because it was just everyone was just like well obviously we lost like why wouldn't we lose again away from home I think a few fans were expecting a bit of um a, a upstart after the, the the palace game and thought we were going to go ahead and, and beat Bournemouth as well but I mean to be honest the game had a very flat feel to it and I think it was quite a big ass um, for the players to up their game again after that um, West Brom game at home and also that Palace to, um, win as well, especially when it's coming to the business end of the season and there was quite a lot of pressure on those players. I'll forgive them for, for having a slightly flat performance. Um, it would have been lovely to sign off with another win and to finish the season strongly, but um, as, as I'm sure uh, we'll, we'll come on to in a minute, it, it did have, unfortunately, um, a very end of season on the beach feel to it. But you know what? That's great because we do it for the first time in our Premier League history. We have we had absolutely nothing really to play for, and for a good reason. It was like we weren't fighting for yeah, our lives, or already relegated. Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, um, like you say, not that much of a of a spectacle. I don't want to like write it off though, and say that the game didn't matter too much because a lot of people went a long way. <laughs> Liam, you went an especially long way from Newcastle to go to the game. What what did you yeah. make of
1: Burnley's performance?
2: <laughs>
0: um, to be fair.
1: I just went down for a laugh. In honesty, like I just went down. <laughs> I'm I, I a laugh with my, with, with my mates down down south coast of England. ABO happy days. I suppose at least a draw. Yeah, for that. Yeah, like a one-one. That was like my position for it. But to be fair, we could we probably easy could have lost the game like five-one. Like, don't know how it was only two-one. Don't even know how he scored. In honesty, it was a, like that second half. Jesus Christ! But the thing is, we were still chanting the entire time, and that's the best part about it. Even though the Ash performance was terrible. But not terrible, but it was, just wasn't as usual. It was still an absolute laugh that day, so I enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, Burnley not really at the race in the second half. I think Dash said um, Dash said the players looked tired. We touched on that already, Natalie, but it's understandable. I suppose with so many fewer games, like 10 less games this season, you maybe go, that doesn't make sense, but the games are much more intense than with the pressure that's on them. Yeah, they are. And last season we were dominating teams a lot of the time, so it's... Totally different, and it's, it's understandable that energy levels were, were running a bit low.
3: Yeah, I think that's that's a fair point. Like you say, it's a very different kind of game that they're playing, so their bodies will react after a 90-minute Premier League game completely differently, as they will do um, in a 90-minute Championship game. We've also heard as well in previous seasons Deitch talk about the benefit of the number of games in the Championship, in that it keeps your players fit. They actually really relish having Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday games, because we have a side that prides itself on its fitness levels and their ability to literally look like they've not broken into a sweat by the end of the 90 minutes and they do like I say they have said in previous campaigns that they really like the intensity of the championship because it just keeps you ticking on and you find you're fitter after that so in some respects even though you, you play less games in the Premier League that can sometimes work as a disadvantage to you especially with internationals and there is a long break you know you're, you're you're having to try and maintain that match fit intensity um, and the real sharpness when you can have essentially 10 games without sorry 10 days without a game so yeah, I can understand why Deitch thinks that, that they are tired and, and add on top of that the, the pressure from a Premier League season and the adrenaline that they must have had when they realised after the West Brom and Palace games that they were safe, um, there would have been a mental tiredness as well as a physical tiredness. But um, to be honest, I th- I didn't think they did too badly in the first half. And actually we had we did whilst we created absolutely nothing in the second half, which is a fundamental problem that we're we're experiencing away from home. I actually thought we did all right in, in the first half. I've seen quite a lot of really harsh criticism for Scott Arfield in particular to see he had probably his his worst game as um in a Burnley shirt but actually he, he was the, probably the only one who created the most chances and he had a couple of really like dangerous shots on target which could have easily have gone in if the ball had bounced slightly, you know, we're talking inches to the either side of the keeper, he could have found that he'd, he'd scored himself a couple of goals so like you say Jamie, I agree with you, I'm not writing off the game completely and I think that first half they did alright, I just think about the second half they'd completely run out of steam and, and had
2: no answer to a very strong and very competent Bournemouth side. Yeah, I, I feel it's a funny one for that game I think because- because he had a lot more efforts than we usually see, like often Arfield might have one or two shots in a game and that's it but he had a lot against Bournemouth, the problem was that he didn't make the most of them, I think there were a couple that were very close they just went wide but he maybe should have done a little bit better with them and when you have a lot of shots people then go, well you should have scored but if you don't have the shots, people don't say that so yeah, difficult to, to assess Arfield on that one um, I've got to mention Junior Stanislas of course for once I've got a legitimate reason to mention Junior Stanislas to the opening goal and it's great for me to see a winger that gets the ball and does something in attack rather than just running up and down the channels um, and a- and a winger had an impact for us as well, Liam. At the end, Good came on and created the goal for Sambo.
1: Yeah, I've been raving about Gumminson the entire season. That I know how good he actually is. To be fair, like, when I watched team, when I was watching the game, I thought it was Brady. I thought you were Brady. I this, it was Brady that the ball it was on his left foot. I, I realised that it was actually Good But I don't know. I said, I, what of speaking of wingers, we really do need to try and get like an actual direct winger in the summer. If I want anyone, I would want an actual direct winger, and I don't know who because I I, I, I I'm useless. But there must be a winger out there that we need to try and get in. That's how he's Like Like, we were trying to get Grzicki. He would have been perfect in our team. I want someone that can actually attack, other than they can run a lot. Like, Arfield think, and Void. They're Munson. funny ones. It's just, it's just I think it's good Munson, Munson. as well. He yeah, needs
2: to get fit and get a run in the team, I think. He's got
1: yeah, yeah, unlucky injuries as well, hasn't he? It? Yeah, it's been quite unfortunate. I mean, we even played, like, default the Wings. Like, <laughs> I don't know what was the point of that, to be fair. Speaking of four no idea what's going to happen with him this summer it's gonna be a really interesting what happens with him. He's going.
3: Yeah, Bye-bye. I, I, he's going go. <laughs> I will be amazed if he's still in a Burnley shit, which is such a disappointment because I just feel like we have not used him to his full potential. I feel like it's been a massively wasted opportunity this season. But at the end of the day, if 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 the reports are true, what we've been led to believe that he has got a huge um attitude problem and he doesn't get along with with Deitch, then he's better off out of the club. If you have a look, and one of the things I'll come on to shortly, we have got a team of real fighters and it's a very very close knit team and especially since they've been under Dice, whether it's been the, the championship squad, the, the the title winning squad or the, the Premier League squad, they've always been incredibly close knit and before even when you saw him last night at the awards, it just seemed like an outsider looking in, it just doesn't seem like he wants to be part of that group and that for me is going to do more damage than good so if that's the case then he's going to have to go
2: I think It's difficult isn't it, I mean I, I'm not saying this is necessarily what I think playing devil's advocate a little bit but Daesh spent a lot of energy to bring Forest to the club and if if he's not got himself involved in the group that's one thing but people say a lot about overseas players not really acclimatising at Burnley and it makes me wonder if it's something at the club as well it's just difficult for them to adapt I mean Goodmuston's probably done as well as anyone but he was already in English football when we sign players from overseas they just it never seems to work out it, it's easy to to make excuses for each one on a case by case basis but it just makes me wonder if there's enough being done to help these lads settle in i don't know
1: what i found more interesting is that when vaux actually scored the goal against bournemouth to make it 1-1 that when the camera panel over to like, the subs bench you could see scott offield sat there right next to the fourth even the he's like actually celebrating he's going like mad for the fact that he scored and scott offield just sat down probably he was tired yeah but he was like he does have passion for the club. He does oh, that's have passion really interesting. Actually, doing. I think it's just a matter of it's just a very large transition to him. You know, going from Belgium and Anderlet to uh, <clears throat> Burnley. It's the so first time
2: he's played for a club that's towards the bottom of the league. He's used to being at clubs that are fighting for titles.
1: So I do don't know think... where could he go though. Where can he go? Because he wants to play in Belgium National League. Martinez has made it clear yeah. that. The, you know, have to play top level football to get in. So, people saying he's going to go to China for the money. If he goes to China, there's no way in hell he could go into yeah. China
2: it, in the it, national it team. He could probably go back to Belgium. I think that's probably most likely. I'm go sure back to like the up. One one last point on the game that I wanted to make an athlete. Good spirit again to, to battle back and get the equaliser, but as we've seen quite a lot this season, just seem to switch off then and concede another pretty sloppy goal at the end that costs him yeah. point in the end.
3: Yeah, I, I keep. I keep changing my mind about the second goal and I don't know whether or not it's a result of them just switching off and not being um, particularly focused on the game, especially as they would not done um, particularly well in that second half. And and I think they just, you know, they they just lack that discipline of a match intensity that that, that mattered, not one that was an end of season um, play out or the second option as to whether or not it is some defensive frailties um, trying to bed in a new centre-half partnership. Um, I'm not entirely convinced yet about the um, success of, um, I guess, Long and Tarkovsky as a sound back pairing I'm not entirely sure yet now that's really harsh to say that so I'm going to be very clear here listeners that I'm not saying that um you know or we've got a a terrible defense now because of this but in both the games against West Brom and against uh, Bournemouth that we've played without Ben Mee and Michael Keane we have looked uncharacteristically weak in defense we haven't looked as organized as we have done we haven't looked as solid in, in that bank of back four as we have done now Keane and Me took time to bed in there, so it's probably, um, like I say, it is unfair to, to judge them after just two games, and expecting two players who've hardly played all season to come in and suddenly be Keane and Me's um, capabilities. But I do think that if Kane does go in the summer, which is what is widely expected, um, actually there is some rumours as well that Me is going to go as well. I'm not entirely sure that they're founded yet. But um, for me, I just don't think that it is an automatic assumption that we can rely on Tarkovsky, Me, and Long as being defensively as capable as having Keane I do think we have to invest so yeah the second goal as disappointing as it was um I don't know whether it was like you say a lack of concentration for the on the beach um belief that these players have got with nothing to play for or it was a defensive frailties um especially with Tarkovsky being at fault for the second maybe it's a combination of both but I, I don't know if we're going to get an awful lot of um I guess benefit from trying to analyse that now um, if it was halfway through the season and we had everything to play for I think we'd get more analysis out of that but it's it's probably um, irrelevant as to which one of those it is because it's an end of season play out to be honest
2: Yeah, that, like, I think Tarkovsky and Long have both done okay in the circumstances but we've conceded four goals in the two games and they've all been quite avoid- like the first Bournemouth goal was a really good ball and a good finish but Stephen Ward gets completely caught out by a long ball it just shouldn't happen it's sloppy defending I think and, and avoidable but like you say with we, so little to play for it's understandable that they'd, they'd maybe switch off um, Liam what's your view on this Tarkovsky seems to have been groomed to replace Michael Keane who we all assume he's going to go do you think Tarkovsky would be a solid enough replacement for Keane would you rather us buy someone as a direct replacement there's been a lot of talk about Ben Gibson and Harry Maguire from clubs that have been relegated as possibly being snapped up? Do you think they'd maybe be options?
1: I would say that if you give Tarkovsky more game time, getting into use of Premier League, because I remember that before like, King got his injury and all that, that when I was playing at FA Cup, everyone was like, oh my God, Tal Cassie's like he's so good, he's next this, next that. And like, you know, everyone was so hyped up Tarkovsky like in the FA Cup games and stuff like that, and I think he's still quality. I think give him about you know, five, ten 10 Premier League games get used to the league, because he's still very new to it. That's like what his third, fourth, like start, isn't it? That that's the second start, isn't it? In the Premier League, it's, it's all that. Like, Give him some more game time. I think that he's absolutely class in terms of his ball playing. Not
2: the last three. I think me miss one, didn't he? And then Keane's missed the last two. I think he started the last three. But yeah, he's still yeah, and very, I think he's done new. quite well.
1: I think he's done quite well getting introduced to the teams of that in the Premier League. I know he's had his sub appearances and all that, but still. He's coming on at, at the end of the game when the other team's tired and all that. I think even more game time. I think it'll be a very decent replacement. We still need to do. We st- we do need to sign up centre back though because I'm just not confident with Kevin Long. Maybe it's just me am being unfair on him that he hasn't had his chance yet. But I just can't see him being Premier League quality. I just can't imagine it. So we do need to sign up centre back um, as a replacement for either me or Topcast gets injured, or if me could even go if he goes and Abby. I'd be shocked if Ben Mee goes. I can't see him leaving, honestly. But I'd be devastated. Yeah, me too. Um, Yeah, I think the
2: new centre-backs and most it's just a question of whether they play with Ben Mee or Tarkovsky, or whether it's me and Tarkovsky as the pairing. Um, We'll move on from the Bournemouth game now, though. Burnley's safety was finally, finally mathematically certain on Sunday, thanks to Hull's crushing defeat at Crystal Palace. Um, and if, um, we keep using this term mathematically because it's been pretty much certain since since the Palace win, Natalie. But it's great to finally have it totally done. And if if Howard won on Sunday, there'd have still been Burnley fans worried next week about the possibility of a. Fifteen goals, swing or whatever. <laughs> we
3: absolutely need. did. We had a we had a great we had a great moment last night. Actually, at the uh, Player of the Year awards, where um one of the um one of the, the it was the gentleman who does the who's the safe star UK comedian who does the Jeff tours. Ryan. Yes, Yes. Jeff, I'm very sorry. I forgot your name for a brief moment then, so (laughs) I put myself under pressure. He was doing the auction and he was doing his own unique end of season review. Um, And one of the things he said to the players, which was absolutely hilarious, he just said, he said, look, lads, he said, I'm really sorry, this section is not about you. It's about us. And he said, this is what it means to be a Burnley fan. He said, most Burnley fans genuinely believed that Hull would get those 19 goals. And, and the whole room just absolutely burst out laughing because everyone was just kind of sheepishly looking like, Dyche was rolling his eyes like, oh, come on. And everyone was like, no, we really were. Most of us genuinely thought that, um, <laughs> that somehow Hull were going to claw back a 20-goal deficit and, and we would still end up going down. I even bizarrely saw, and I'm sure to caveat to this, it was very tongue-in-cheek. I also saw a tweet um, in the morning that basically said, I had it like it was something like I had a dream last night, or, or I've had a worry that um, somehow we end up with a six point deduction for something that's gone wrong, and all we'll win the last game, and we still end up going down. I was like, that is the Burnley fan way, but uh, no, it was absolutely. It would have been. It was, well, it was. It was a delight to finally get confirmed mathematical safety yesterday. Um, slightly disappointed that Hull didn't really put up um, a better fight than they did to be honest and it would have been very nice for us to get um, at least a point out of the Bournemouth game and actually secure our survival ourselves uh, but that's just been ridiculously greedy um, as Dyche would say it doesn't really matter where the points come from in the season it doesn't really matter where the results come from it's where you finish at the end of the season that counts and we have we have achieved it we, we've done what we said we were going to do and it's been actually apart from a slight wobble around the time that Swansea were playing Spurs remember the that Tuesday night, where I think Middlesbrough won and Hull won and Swansea um, A couple had that of late goals
2: weren't they? Yes. against us.
3: Um, and and then it looked like our lead had been cut from twelve points to two, and we were all having an and there was only there was still like seven or eight games left by then, so the, you know. It wasn't the case of games right now. So apart from that wobble until we won a game and got ourselves back comfortable again, Burnley have been comfortable all season. We've never, apart from, I didn't realise this till last night, but apart from the first game of the season after yeah. the Swansea defeat, we've not been in the bottom three once. Excuse me. I've
2: said that a lot recently. What a stat. What a stat that is.
3: Yeah, it's incredible. Considering that for the, for the first two seasons, we've spent the entire season, um trying to claw our way out of relegation. We didn't go into it the whole season. That's incredible. And the, the boys, I think for me, just didn't, They didn't panic. They didn't um, worry. They didn't really think about relegation. They were incredibly positive. But at the same time, they were very... I guess they are almost dismissive about relegation. Like There was such a self-belief in this team. Even from early on in the season, they were all saying, well, we're going to stay up this year. We're looking as high at the table as we can. We're not looking behind us. We're looking at trying to finish in the top half of the table. And I think that's been um, a real difference this year. But uh, it certainly feels very, very nice, I've got to say.
2: Yeah, one last point on, on this, Liam. Obviously, Hull and Middlesbrough have been relegated back to the championship. So that just demonstrates the achievement, doesn't it, that, that Burnley have... Have managed the season for us to stay up. Yeah. The only one of the three promoted teams to be able to exactly to stay up when Hull and Borough have gone down with with games to spare.
3: Yeah. I've said this before, actually, and I do genuinely mean that, I do genuinely believe this in that. If you have a look over over the history of the Premier League, it does make a massive difference um, if you win the league. I think you just you you just are a stronger side coming up to the division. You there's a winning ethic and there's a winning mentality among the players, and um, it doesn't surprise me that the one season that we stayed up was the season that we won the championship. Because I just think it. I'm not saying that it, it's some kind of automatic right. I'm just saying there's a correlation between the success in the championship because you are that good a side and you're you're good enough to win the championship you're too good for that side and you've you've won you've got that championship mentality sorry that champions mentality and I think it does make a difference amongst the ones who came runners up or the ones who came through the playoffs
1: I think it's also a matter of experience as well that Sean Dash has already had one full year in the Premier League I think that compared to Holland, and Bo they haven't really got any experience really in the Premier League, like yeah, the manager gosh, wise, like they sat Mark Hughes and the there's, well. there's some whole players a lot that, of that are still.
2: In the squad is, is the same as it was two years ago as well.
1: Yeah, it's a matter of experience in that you know what to do, you know what to expect, you know what to achieve to get to a certain level of your game. And not gonna lie, like at the start of the season, we all know that but they were seen as a team now, I suppose, like, be doing what we're doing now and like, you know, sort of doing well all year and not really be seen as relegation candidates and all that. And everyone thought that we were gonna go straight back down, but that's just the Berlin way, isn't it? You know, we are. For achievements that we have done this year, that is—it's ridiculous of how uh, pe- I think people are now getting used to us being the Premier League side. But I still see us as, as a championship as a championship side, we're championship club—that's like what I've been raised and seen us ourselves as—and I'm now slowly starting to transition to like, yeah, we're a Premier League club now. So like, uh, once it's gets to that weird stage that I want to believe, but it's like I'm like, oh, if we go down this year, it's like, oh well, that's 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 expected. So like, I don't, I don't know what to what how to feel. It's like it's so incredible of how well we've actually done this year and the yes. most weirdest part is we've only won one game away we've <laughs> only won one game away and we are somehow not been in relegation zone the entire season what is that I, I hope that we do at least yeah, go double next year and win two <laughs> games away yeah, that's my small year. target <laughs> try and win two small games or Come on, double that. Double that. Come on, lads. <laughs> I yeah. hope so for my set because I've, I've travelled so long from Newcastle, man. I've just to oh, see like so 10 well. goals or something like that the entire season. So ridiculous. Yeah, yeah for oh, those
3: you- of you... Sorry, for those of you who have not been following his uh, his YouTube videos, he has these absolute epic vlogs every single week of his ridiculous journeys on 40 million coaches up and down the country. <laughs> it's, he, this, this lad has put an absolute shift in this season and he is an absolute credit to all the... Tra- and he really embodies for me all the Travelling Clarets fans who've gone all the way this season and seen just one win and three draws, four draws, sorry. And I just think, you know what, I'd take my hat off to you, sir. I think you've done an incredible job. Well done.
1: I think I'm just a morning, honestly. I
3: think <laughs> I think
1: it's just a, it's, it, like you can say, like, oh yeah, credit to club, but I think it's just me just being stupid. And honestly, <laughs> I don't, know what, what, don't know what to expect. Yeah, you know what, Chelsea way, yeah, we could beat them. Yes. <laughs> right. I love it. To be fair, the only game this year away that I had absolutely no hope was Palace away. I was thinking, what's well, Palace? Then oh, really? side, got Ben Texas, got Zaha. No, like you can see in the vlog and stuff like that where people was like, Oh, you're gonna do well. It's like, no, we're gonna lose five 0 just like that's what be, that's generally my reaction and then that's again the game that we won so I need to be in that mentality next year reverse psychology for this it's, from it's been working for me <laughs> It worked.
3: the season mate. it's Honestly, incredible like, <laughs> it, got, it won us the championship title last year and it's got us Premier League survival this year get on board it's a beautiful thing we'll, it's uh, a beautiful
2: we'll ta- come on to reverse psychology and predictions towards the end of the podcast but shall we do tweet of the week now over to Natalie for tweet of the week tweet of the week tweet of the week
0: tweet of the week tweet of the week Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week!
3: Indeed. This week's Tweet of the Week was very, very difficult to choose because there was that absolutely wonderful, wonderful um, Sunday where we were all following the end of the championship season and there was a an incredibly tense last 10 minutes of regular time and an unbelievable six minutes um, away at Birmingham where the timeline was just absolutely crazy of, of nervous fans just wanting to see our neighbours down the road in League One, um, which then followed a, a beautiful timeline all the way through of just people um having a a fantastic um laugh at the expense of our neighbors so i really really struggled that week to to decide which one to go on um what we've done instead we we decided that as much as we'd like to gloat with our neighbors and and put them firmly back in their place this is about us this is about celebrating what we've done this season not laughing at what they have failed to do so i'm not going to give the Venkis relegation party or Jelly and Ice Cream Day any further coverage than what it's already had. I'm going to concentrate on the Clarets and what they've achieved. And this week's Tweet of the Week comes from Harry Nelson, who just simply says, And that, ladies and gentlemen, is that. The adventure continues. Hashtag staying up. So thank you very much, Harry Nelson. That won this week's Tweet of the Week.
2: Particularly sweet, I'm sure, for for us to essentially although not quite mathematically, <laughs> that word again, stay up on the same weekend that the Rovers were earlier, been oh, so has been a few weekends in the history of Burnley Football Club again and um, I don't know if people are going to be that bothered about following Rovers' results next season because they might actually do quite well for a change but it's certainly going to be entertaining watching them play dross teams while we're going to Chelsea and Maniac and all the big boys so yeah, a lot of good times enjoyed i'm sure off the back of rovers radiation um last week um, if you've been paying close attention, Natalie's mentioned a couple of times that she was at the Player of the Year Awards. On,
3: I don't like to brag too much. Sunday night.
1: Not jealous at all. <laughs>
3: um, indeed, indeed, indeed. You know, I, I, I like to keep these things pretty low-key. I don't like to brag about which is a blatant lie I for anybody listening? to, like to like A you.
2: million tweets. I <laughs> the last
0: In, night.
3: Exactly. I was incredibly lucky last night to um, be invited to the Player of the Year Awards. And I also managed, I'm not really sure how I managed to, to pull this, off, but um, I also managed to, to bag seats in the Platinum area and I was sat right next to Sean Dyche and, and the, the squad as well. Um, listeners, you'll be very pleased to hear that I haven't woken up this morning with a restraining order against me. I did manage to keep a um, a good controlled distance away from Sandbox, which was an uh, achievement in itself. I did She's have low. a, no a chat. There's no way that you can do it. I did go and speak to him a little bit. Um, I told him he had to take my, Michael Keane and lock him in a drawer until um, the end of summer, which he promised me he would do. He said that he was going to take it upon on himself to hide Michael Keane so Sam Vox if you're listening to this podcast which I'm sure you do but you've got to I don't care how many bottles of beer you'd had last night you've got to keep that promise and I'll be watching this season but, um, but do you know what it was, a, it was a fantastic event it was the largest dinner that they've held at Turf Moor the current commercial team managed to sell 754 tickets which was an absolute capacity. and um, They put up um, a brand new marquee in the um, outside, of, of the opposite to the um, James Hargreaves stand. Um, it was just decorated incredibly well. Um, there was just, the food was fantastic. The drinks were fantastic. And Daz and his team, Daz Bentley and his team, put on a really good show. There's quite a few of our listeners who were there as well who have seen tweets this morning. They put on um, a fantastic end-of-season review, which really just gave you goosebumps all the way through it, um, we had some really fun games where the players had done um, some. Do you know the the the, tw- uh, the trick where you run around your head around the broom and you try trying oh, to penalty? No. That was hilarious. Um, so we all had to decide whether there was a hit or a miss there. Um, we had to do. So we, they'd also recorded some videos about speeds of penalties and you had to guess whether it was high and low. It was so interactive and it was so much fun. Um, and then the main thing for me was it, there was just no ego there. And, and I said, I, this is such a humble brag post, but I, when I was chatting to Sean Dyche at the end of the, of the thing, I did say to him, <laughs> um, oh, I bet you... Massive name drop <laughs> Massive name drop. You can almost hear that like in Burnley down the road. Um, I, I did say to him that, I, and he, this is very true, I didn't, I didn't believe that there's any other Premier League sides that will hold an event like they did last night. For a good two hours after the awards had finished, the players just got off the chairs... And just they could just be your mate next door. They just mingled. All the fans took as many pictures as you wanted, signed everything that was put in front of them, for having beers with all the fans. They took a load of fans into town afterwards and carried on. Um, and it was just like there was just zero ego there. And they just let the hair down and just gave fans an opportunity to hang out with them for the night. And it was <laughs> absolutely, it was honestly, it was amazing. I was a little bit starstruck at sometimes. I just keep sat there and I was like, oh. like Tarkovsky was just like sat next to me and I was just like oh my god you know it was like a real a bit of a fangirl moment but it was very very good and the awards themselves I don't think particularly went um, away from what we expected I know um, Jamie you've got some thoughts on the player of the year I think you would have preferred it to be um, keen than than Heaton but I think it was a pretty close call I'm sure those of you will, will look on the, the club website for a summary of the event and, and a recap of everything that happened, but um, it certainly was a really great night, and if any of you have the opportunity to go next year, I, I strongly recommend it, it was uh, it was a really, really good, really good event, and I loved it.
1: For the last five minutes, you literally just said my entire dream night, in just oh, and I, I, I generally, I generally I would cry of happiness <laughs> of that, like... I, think I nearly did, thanks, to be honest. I, <laughs> I, I, i'm literally just serious like oh, come on <laughs> like oh that's like your dream fun. night for me seriously i could die happy after that it really is and I, i'm just not
3: but i'm just not cool at all I'm not, I'm not i'm not one of those persons that you like there were so many people who were like yeah yeah whatever like you know sean darch yeah whatever like playing it really cool i was just like oh my god like running around like <laughs> and like just stood there like on the spot i did actually oh.
2: i wasn't going to bring this up i noticed you referred to him as god a couple of times can you remember what happened last time we started doing that to one of our managers? Oh, I'm a, God. I am a little bit concerned. <laughs> like, do you know I don't what? I think it's I've... a good road to go down.
3: No, I completely <laughs> agree. I've completely not picked up on that at all. And I did call him God twice.
2: Yeah. Don't do last night, On social media. I don't
3: like oh, that no. At all. Oh no! What am I gonna do? It's the reverse psychology, Jamie. It's fine.
2: Go and if we sure, call sure him back. Yeah, it's
3: though. not gonna. It's not gonna happen again. That that pass not gonna happen again because it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Now I'm gonna be panicking for the rest of the night about what I've done. <laughs> I was pretty cool with Sam. I've got to say, I was pretty cool. I didn't turn into some. Lithering idiot where i was like i did have a coherent conversation was with him was mr b there though
2: was mr b like what no, you know? no it wasn't he wasn't <laughs>
3: <laughs> i kind of sneaked around and went i'm just going over here bye <laughs> and i came back with this picture in my hand of me and sam he just like rolled his eyes at me and was just like whatever right. i can't compete i can't compete with sam Volks tonight
1: so right. i'm did sorry. he not recognize <laughs> you did he not recognize you
3: <laughs> he didn't i'm kind <laughs> of a... that's just rude do you know what i mean it's like even off, Although, even I... off the telling. <laughs> I know, although I have to say and this is going to be my last brag post of the day we did. it was really nice actually that we did have quite a few known uh, and ever listeners came up and speak to me last night who said did pass on messages of how much they've been enjoying um, this season's recap so thank you to everybody again who supported us this season and thank you for everybody who, who came up and said hello last night and, and gave us some really good feedback um, we always welcome comments and suggestions as Jamie always says at the end of the podcast so it's really nice to, to have a conversations with people in real life um, and get your thoughts and comments on the podcast so uh, certainly, some of the couple of conversations I had last night, we've uh, we've taken on board some of your your comments. So it was nice to nice to have that.
2: Yeah, one one point on on the awards themselves, Liam. Last last week at our live event, we did a vote for our player of the year. Michael Keane beat Tom Heaton. It was reverse last night. Tom Heaton won the club player of the year, and Michael Keane won players player of the year. Do you agree that those two are the front runners, and who'd get your vote?
1: Um, I'll say last night. That's that's how I put it as I put it as Tommy to play play the season and keenest players play the season. Um, I I can't imagine anyone else other than those two that could possibly compete for it. I I just can't imagine it. Tommy Eaton is the reason why we stayed up this year, in my opinion. I believe that he has made some redos and just the fact that he's that good that it makes the defense more confident, saying that oh well we kind of allowed them to have a shot and those and so far so they're not as tense. I feel like if we didn't have heating this year we had let's say. Lee Grant, still a goalkeeper for us, then I think that we would have gone down this year. I think just to show confidence that he brings to the club and to the defenders, I think that he's been massively helpful for us. Keen as well, of course. Like, like Keen is so good. But the thing is with Keen, that I see Ben Me as almost just as good as Keane I think that Keane is a bit better composure wise, but in terms of pure defending, getting your head in the way, interceptions, all that, Keen and Mee's just been just as good as Keen this year. So yeah, he's gotten so under the radar, but yeah, I was, I agree with those um voting last, last night, yeah, most definitely. I think we
2: saw on um the stat pack that we had at the live event last week that Dave Roberts put together for us. Me and Keane are pretty much locked together on a lot of the key key data like uh, tackles, headers, interceptions, blocks, all those sorts of things. There's very little between them, so you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. You're defending the basics, very little between them. I think Keane's maybe just a bit... Classier, better on the ball. Obviously, he's got the England recognitions. Those things count in his favour. One more thing on on awards. Sorry, Natalie. One more thing on awards. Tom Heaton also won the Save the Season Award, apparently, on Match of the Day 2 for the incredible star jump. Remember Rick's artwork from that episode at at Man United when he somehow denies Zlatan Ibrahimovic even from about a yard out. Um, So we need to mention that one. As well, it's, it's been,
1: athlete, it's, it's been yeah. quite a good year, hasn't it? It's been quite a good year, <laughs> yeah, quite
3: a good year. it's been an no amazing aspects. year. I'm not used to all these accolades coming Burnley's way. Um, yeah, sorry for, for for interrupting you there, Jamie. I was just going to nip in on, on Liam's point there on, on Ben Me and, and and the impression. So how impressed he's been with him this season. Um, again, last night we the players recorded their own players' Player of the Year predictions, so you could see how everybody voted. And Ben Me was a very close second, like a lot of his teammates really? had voted for Ben Me. Yeah, and um, the, the, the top and three King were. Vote for each Killer. yes
2: <laughs> obviously
3: That's, that
1: makes sense that makes sense that.
3: yeah um tom went for keen um and i think the other I think I'm pretty sure that the other two defenders went for Ben Mee as well. I think a lot of the outfield, like the, the further like midfield and, and forwards voted for Keane, but it was very, very close. Heaton, I think, came just back. In fact, there, there probably wasn't that much between Keane, Heaton and Ben Mee, but I, from my from my counting, because at one point I thought Ben Mee had won it, Um, I think they were very, very close. So, yeah, I'm just picking up on what Lee said, I thought that was really interesting.
1: If ben, if ben Mee came from Manchester United Academy, I guarantee that he'd be in the England squad. That's what I'm saying right now. Well, I, 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 I genuinely think that if he came with uh, from an academy with Paul Pogba, if, if Ben Mee did that as well, then he yeah. would get as much but recognition as Keane. Not, he's United got, absolutely got the,
2: the reputation, haven't he, as building. The, and yes. I think also he's got people like Rio Ferdinand who are constantly building up Michael Keane in the media, talking about how he's one of the best young players in the country and all this stuff. So I think Keane's profile... Um, is a lot higher than Ben Meese. F- fans of other clubs know a lot more about Keane than they do me, but I'm sure Burnley supporters put them pretty much um, on a par. Another final note on awards. So much about this week. Sean Dyche nominated for the Premier League Manager of the Year Award. I think the other managers in the running, Conte, Pochettino, Clement and Pulis. Uh, Natalie, fantastic to see recognition. A dash on there. I can't imagine he's going to win it because whoever wins the league always wins it. But yeah. just recognition for what a fantastic job he's done keeping Berlin in the Premier League. The first time the club has ever managed that.
3: Without a doubt. I mean, how do you possibly put that into words? And, and you know, Dyche has been getting the plaudits of all of the, the pundits all season and the media and everybody thinks it's, it's fantastic. His stock has certainly risen this year. Um, I think people have just act, have, have acknowledged that it's not just the what felt like an impossible job to keep a side like Burnley in a successive season in the Premier League, but to, to do it so comfortably um, and to do it without the drama. And, and there's been more... There's been no major headline, headlines coming out of Burnley. I mean, obviously we had um, the, the the tweet scandal in the early season. That's probably the only thing that's put a blemish on a, a really good campaign. Um, and even even then, you know, it, it was it was an individual rather than a club thing because it predated um, the player's involvement to the club. So other than that, you know, we've we've brought Joy back in and Joy's ban was handled really well. And there's just been no fuss. Whereas other teams, have, have had you know bad press coming from the chairman's from the board, we're talking about fighting within players managers getting sacked we've just carried on quietly and I think Deitch has manufactured that a lot himself he's made sure that the club has handled itself in a certain way and it's things like that that get him the awards not just what he's done on, on the pitch as well it, you know but people pick up on things like that it's such a media circus is the Premier League these days and he's just doing it so quietly and so calmly and so efficiently that you know people like I say give him more respect for that than I think they would do with somebody like you know like let's take for example you know alidas has managed to keep Alice up. but you know, there's always the fanfare that comes with Aladice, and you know the comments and things like that. Dash has, has never done any of that.
2: Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. The, the couple of mini scandals that we've had, the, the Julie's gambling thing and Andre's tweets, Dash handled them perfectly. No like kicking off about it, being honest about his view, but not making a big drama out of it, not making it look like it's a conspiracy. Against Burnley, that I'm sure support. some supporters
1: think it maybe was. On um, uh, topic of manager of the year, was can someone let me know when um, the championship one is up? Because I really would want to vote um, Owen Kyle as manager of the year <laughs> next year <laughs> well, for this year. So let me know when that's up. Vote vote for that, I it, is, yeah. it, it is a public vote though
2: for the for the Premier League one. Though we'll put the the link in the show notes. I'm sure everyone will want to vote for Sean Dash. Um, and give him a, a good chance of getting up there. But yeah, I think he's getting a lot more plaudits in the last few weeks as so it's become more obvious that Burnley are going to stay up. People have noticed the, the job that he's done without spending an absolute fortune, even though we've had so much um, talent sat on the bench the last few games. I think one of the the exciting things for me, Liam, about Dash is that there's still progress to be made, I think. We've talked about the away form, and that's that's an obvious issue. But there's, there's players like Brady, Gunmunson who've not been in the team, Andre Gray's not been in the team this season. There's, there's surely more, more to come from this team and from Dash. Do you think we could go even further next year?
1: Well, put it this way: we've, we've had like most of our like money on the bench this year than in the actual starting eleven, like most of our like from our transfers and all that. It's ridiculous. There's still a lot more that we can achieve. I believe that probably like I, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I think that. If we want to look at transfers this year, I think that transfers has been exceptional compared to what they used to be. Like, you know, we signed Jukic as like a, and Sardel for striker partnerships in the Premier League last time. So put that in put that in perspective. It's been quite good. Brady, um, really, I think that it, there's a lot more to come from next year. and so I cannot wait to see him. Therefore, I, I think I think there's a chance he could still stay if he wants to actually play in Belgian league, but he probably go back to Belgium. So I don't know about that, but. There's still a lot more to achieve. I think that if we had a few more away wins this year, we could easily be in top half. It's going to be a very, very exciting year for Berlin because if we stay up again next year, then that could be a really, really strong, standpoint and we are now a Premier League club that. We, you know, we won't be yo-yoing and for that. So I'm very, i as you know, as a Berlin fan right now, we are so buzzing right now. I'm so looking forward to next year. Like I'm not used to this. I'm used to just going up and down, up and down, but cannot wait. I cannot wait. It's so exciting.
2: Yeah, I'm sure everyone's going to be um, very interested to see what what Burnley do next season. Obviously, um, I won't be here, but the others will be covering it on a week-by-week basis, as always. Uh, at this point, we'll have to move on to predictions. Kevin's not here this week. He's taken himself on holiday as a reward for being crowned champion last week when he was parading around the turf with his boys. Um but some staggering, staggering news to report, Natalie. I need to be careful. That I don't fall off my chair at this Drum roll. You got the result right last week. Ah!
0: You, you predicted a 2-1 <laughs> defeat
2: and we got beat. To, you got some points. The I reverse psychology has finally
3: <laughs> did not work for- <laughs> I think the team finally... see, that's the reason for the defeat this week. The boy said, you know what? She's helped us out all season. She's got us to that 40 points. Can we at least get her prediction right this week so she can claw back some credibility in the... Very, very prestigious, known and ever predictions league. So, thank you, boys. I really appreciate that. But I did. I got my first result right this season. I predicted a 2-1 loss and it worked. Yeah, so, no, yay. Nobody
2: else predicted a defeat this week, actually. So, Natalie Mates grind will run over the table shortly. Ooh. But also, like, if you're back at the last five results now, you've scored more points than anyone else. You've got five well, points. One correct score, two correct three. results. I no just one else give you all the One correct score, so... Natalie in progress up. right at the end of the <laughs> And what it means for the table, Kevin has obviously already won. His name is in gold on our predictions table. Um, I'm now securing second. I can't finish any higher or lower. But it does mean that Natalie's closed the gap on James to a single point. So it's all to play for. There might be nothing to play for on this the pitch. so excited! It's exciting. all to play for in the predictions league. Now, James Gosh. and Kevin are with us on the podcast. They're going to have to send theirs in and Adam will edit them into the podcast. But... Natalie, you get to go first. What are you going to oh, do? Oh, oh precious! I <laughs> know, this is horrendous. Because I reverse how old you worked last week.
3: For <laughs> <months>. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is, is that I really don't think that we are going to lose So I think and, and and it doesn't really it genuinely doesn't matter now we've got nothing to play for so the boys don't need my help on the pitch um, as much as I'd love us to sign off that game with a win I just I just they, they, we don't need to it's absolutely fine so you know it's only worth a small match of a couple of million quid if we you know go up a place but hey you know um, a small
1: matter of a million quid did she just two, say that it's two million, two million, quid. Quid. Two million give, give me a small matter of a million <laughs> quid please thank you I appreciate yes. that no, no
3: game, but whatever But so, so the boys don't need my help so I think I'm going to have to just the look on Birdie's face if he ends up coming last and has to do the forfeit and well, I you've come got to think better. tactically as
2: well here, Natalie, I know you know for a fact that James is going to predict a win because he always predicts a win and if you predict the same score as James I can't now, win you don't know his prediction he's not going to know yours but if you predict the same score yeah. like me and Kev did the other week it means I that you can't get ahead of him
3: yeah, this is really hard listening because tactically. James is away, so he's gonna record separately. So as a, as a, we are recording this podcast, I don't know what his prediction is going to be. But yes, you're right, he is going to predict a win. So I have to predict the correct score to get three points, or at least I just Oh actually hang on a minute. Oh yep. points not enough for me, is it?
1: No, you'd be so like, you got got got,
3: Yeah, I've got to get the I've gotta get the right score. Oh no. I'm going to predict that Burnley will win to 1-0, 1-0. 1-0. Oh, God, help That's
2: me. Incredibly tense. So, we'll, we'll edit in Kev and James' predictions. Liam, you can give us a prediction since you're our guest this week.
1: Um, I think that, to be fair, like I you thought it would be 1-0. Like, I, 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 Burnley and 1-0, victories at home, just seem to go hand-in-hand hand together. So... I'm going to, yeah, that, if Nasty's going to win it, I'm going to win it with her, so I'm going to win it <laughs> as well. I, I, I can take some to for that.
3: That's literally just, that's just made my entire season. Thanks, Liam.
2: <laughs>
0: Lovely
2: stuff. Um, I, I think we're going to win as well. Having watched West Ham being absolutely atrocious um, on Sunday at Holmes Liverpool, I'm going to go 2-0. So that's going to be mine, and we'll stick in Kev and James's predictions right here. Hi, it's Kevin. Sorry I can't be there. I'm away celebrating my incredible
0: Fantastic, remarkable, brilliant win in the Predictions League uh, this season. Um, the West Ham game is going to be a celebration of survival, a celebration of a fantastic Premier League season. Um, I think it will progress at a, a slow, steady uh, pace for the first hour or so. Dash will bring on Goodmanson, Brady and Correa and will score two in the last 15 minutes to win 2-0. Hi,
2: Editor Adam here. Uh, James is too busy in Paris uh, gallivanting around but he's let us know that he predicts 2-1 to Burnley so he's gone for a win as well unfortunately we can't respond to those because we don't know what they are (laughs) we'll talk a bit about the West Ham game before we round off the show for this week Natalie like we keep saying there's nothing to play for now but how great would it be for us to put on a bit of a show for the fans the long-suffering fans who've been away from home all season in we won one game <laughs> you know what I'd love to say I'd love us to put some of the creative players maybe in the team yes, try and score some goals That's my god I'd that I'd would see.
3: be nice wouldn't it um, yeah I mean I think there is there is so many reasons for Dyche to just throw caution to the wind this game and play some of the, the players who he's maybe wants to give them a chance players like Brady for example should be starting at home just because we um, you know he's, he's, he's been quite critical of, of them not being quite right yet. And and he's obviously needs Brady to to bed into this side and to get used to Premier League life. Well, he's not going to do that unless he plays. So an end-of-season showdown with West Ham side yeah, at home wait, where I've, we've I've, not played is perfect. Brady
2: should have been starting after the Palace game. But...
3: Uh, yeah, I agree completely, but that's fine. But then saying that at the same time, and again, this might be a bit um, harsh, but if let's assume that Dyche is thinking that... Boyd and Arfield do need upgrading next season. I strongly believe that he'll keep, unless Newcastle come in for the big money move for Boyd, I, I genuinely believe that they will continue with a squad of squad players and they'll be used in certain games. But if if Dyche has a plan that, they, that say, Braden Goodmanson or any other wingers he brings in will, will replace them, then the, the man manager in Dyche uh, will probably play Arfield and Boyd to give them one last appearance, another appearance, allow them to play in the Premier League before next season when they might not feel Feature, that that wouldn't surprise me either, because either, she's like that. He does like to um, to play as players. So as a reward for their hard work for the last two seasons and for what they've done this season in getting us over the line, it wouldn't surprise me that either. So likewise, I wouldn't be surprised if young, young Agger gets a game. Um,
1: oh, I love that. A, a,
3: yeah, I would as well. I, I can see arguments for both. Um, I, my view is, I agree with you, Jamie. I think he has to just play some of the players who haven't been playing yet. I would love to see defoe before he leaves. Um, I would love to see Brady goodmanson and all these creative players and let's put on a real show for these fans and let's celebrate uh, Premier League survival. We're going to be a Premier League team again next season and let's go out with a bang. And the one thing that everybody will take from this season has been our home form. So, yeah. let's not go out on a defeat. Let's do it. Yeah,
2: that's a good point. Um, someone else in... I think, again, everyone assumes he's going to leave his Michael Keane. Liam, not much of a surprise that he's developed a mystery injury that's kept him out of the last two games. Um, do you think he's going to make a, a magical recovery and be able to say goodbye at the surf on Sunday? I don't think you're going to risk it. I don't think you're going to risk that. I would, think he not, that's, would he not it, just be on the bench and come on right at the end like Duff did at Charlton last season?
1: But that that almost be like confirming that he's going to leave. That's true. That is true. That'll be like confirming that he's, he's going to leave. I'm not too sure. Like he'd be on the pitch after the you know, for the lap of honor and stuff like that. But if that does happen, then it's that's, that's like confirmation he's going to leave. The one change I want to make is that I just want to see Difor and centre mid. Because put it this way, I think well, you guys probably know this. The one time that he started centre mid, well, the last time he started centre mid, we won five. We we we, we won four one. So. Like I, I want to you know go all out, look at look at the two four four formation. People saying, Oh, well, why not play off field and board? Why not play both? Why not play off field board and then Brady and Gibson on top? That's my aim. So two four four formation. How, how many players cool. are you playing <laughs> to put on this pitch, Johnson? <laughs> Four wingers with with Gray and Aji on top. All oh, happy days. I was genuinely trying to like my, my maths wasn't going quick enough. I was like, hang on, is he suggesting we field like 15
3: first teamers? Why not? Let's go for it. People quite. <laughs> need Tarkovsky
1: um... and big Kevin Long at
2: back. That's all we need. People quite often say when people make um, slightly left field tactical suggestions and <laughs> say we have been playing too much football manager. I think Viz has been playing a bit too much FIFA. For <laughs> sure. He wants to play a 2 4
1: Yo, don't, don't have a goal on me when it works and we won to 10-0. Sorry. I, I saw that defending against Liverpool. Anything can happen.
2: <laughs> Anything can happen. Um, I think that's as good a place as anywhere to leave it uh, for this week's podcast. Thanks to everyone who's listened all season. We'll be back next week, of course, to round off the season as a whole and uh, review West Ham and do various awards and stuff as well, I'm sure. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the show, slightly shorter podcast than usual this week, but we do have a bonus episode coming up in the next few days. As part of our Kickstarter that was a few months ago now, we promised to do an interview with Club Legend, and I did that recently speaking to former Clarets captain Stephen Caldwell, Focusing in particular on Burnley's promotion to the Premier League under Owen Coyle, a season I'm sure people remember very fondly indeed. Catching up with Stephen to find out what he's been up to since and his plans for the future. That should be online in the next few days, so look out for that. I think Adam's going to edit this week's podcast, so thanks to Adam. Thanks also to our charity partners at Claret & Brew. Their website is claretandbrew.org. They do lots of good work supporting people with mental health issues who are Burnley fans. Please do check out their websites. And um, thanks also to Rick, who does our artwork. A couple other pieces of housekeeping. You can always get in touch with us via Twitter at net You can email us, podcast at knownanever.net. And you can also like us on Facebook, with facebook.com slash net. I know the guys are going to do a lot more work on interactivity on facebook you've already seen if you like us on facebook there's various questions that you can get involved with there so that's all to look forward to next season but that's it for this week thanks to natalie and liam who've joined me i've been jamie smith this has been the Northern never podcast
1: bye for now um see what, what, what I, I, I think hey. um, i should put my name down as a new horse. just yeah uh, <laughs> yo, you're, you're the new rebrand yeah that my, uh, that'd be a sick <laughs> you're jumping me grave as quick <laughs>
3: Wow. I'm not exactly. even dead yet. We've lost. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's like, hi. Wow, what do you to say? None, of my, none of my starstruckness from last night competes, so I was like, the first time I met Jamie Smith in person. I was like, oh. <laughs> Wait,
1: this, you are the Jamie Smith. You're, you're not Jamie Smith. You're the Jamie Smith. He's the Jamie Smith. This is great
2: material for the yeah. outtakes.
0: <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery.